episode 82, the fourth Sunday of Lent in Year B. On this fourth Sunday of Lent, we're reminded that our God loved the world so much that he sent his only Son to save us all. And it's also so important that we always remember God's blessings, mercies and graces. Let us never forget the blessings of the Lord. This is Faith, Hope and Love. Now we see unclearly As if we looked into a mirror dimly But then we will see as people face to face No longer partly but fully known and loved. For faith, hope, and love abide, and the greatest one is love. Rejoice, Jerusalem, and all who love her. Be joyful, all who were in mourning. Exult and be satisfied at her consoling breast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Brothers and sisters, as we come together on this fourth Sunday of Lent, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault, Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and the saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who through your word reconcile the human race to yourself in a wonderful way, grant, we pray, that with prompt devotion and eager faith, the Christian people may hasten towards the solemn celebrations to come. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the second book of Chronicles, chapter 36, verses 14 to 17 and 19 to 23. All the leading priests and the people were exceedingly unfaithful, following all the abominations of the nations. And they polluted the house of the Lord that he had consecrated in Jerusalem. The Lord, the God of their ancestors, persistently sent his messengers to them, because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. 
But they kept mocking the messengers of God, despising his words, and scoffing at his prophets, until the wrath of the Lord against his people became so great that there was no remedy. Therefore the Lord brought up against them the king of the Chaldeans, who burned the house of God, broke down the wall of Jerusalem, burned all its palaces with fire, and destroyed all its precious vessels. The king took into exile in Babylon those who had escaped from the sword, and they became servants to him and to his sons, until the establishment of the kingdom of Persia, to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, until the land had made up for its sabbaths. All the days that it lay desolate it kept sabbath to fulfill seventy years. In the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, in fulfilment of the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord stirred up the spirit of King Cyrus of Persia, so that he sent a herald throughout all his kingdom, and also declared in a written edict, Thus says King Cyrus of Persia, The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Whoever is among you of all his people, may the Lord his God be with him. Let him go up. The Word of the Lord Let my tongue cling to my mouth if I do not remember you. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down and there we wept. When we remembered Zion, on the willows there we hung up our harps. For there our captors asked us for songs, and our tormentors asked for mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How could we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand wither. Let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth, if I do not remember you. If I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy. Let my tongue cling to my mouth, if I do not remember you. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 4 to 10. God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, for it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come God might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. This is not the result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. The Word of the Lord Glory and praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. 
Glory and praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. God loved the world so much he gave us his only Son, that all who believe in him might have eternal life. Glory and praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The one who believes in him is not condemned. But the one who does not believe is condemned already for not having believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. The Gospel of the Lord We are now at the three-quarter mark of Lent. Our Lenten journey does not have long to go before Holy Week is upon us. So during this week it is a great time to take stock and see how we've been going in the areas of prayer, penance and acts of kindness and works of loving and practical charity. What a wonderful test the Gospel gives us this weekend, the daylight test. How do our actions, our behaviour and our priorities stand up to the bright light of day? to the searching light of clarity, to see how closely we are really adhering to the values of the gospel, just let us ask ourselves, how would I really appear if my secret actions were revealed in plain sight, in the clear glare of the bright light of day? Would I be at peace with what I have done? As I said last week, take a look at any difference between how we drive, for example, when people can recognise us, and how we might drive if we believe we're anonymous or in the dark, unrecognised, unable to be identified, or when no one seems to be looking. How do we act in anything when no one can see? Are we being consistent? What would we look like to ourselves and to others if our works and actions and attitudes were seen in the cold light of day. If I gossip, tell unjust stories about others, speak uncharitably about someone, act dishonestly or hypocritically, how would this all stand up if people could see and hear me as I'm doing it? 
not in the darkness, not in secret, but in plain sight and hearing for all. What would it really be like if the secret thoughts of many were laid bare, as Simeon predicted when speaking to the Blessed Virgin Mary in the temple? God invites us to be always and everywhere people of light, whose behaviour and choices are wrought in the light and not in the shadows of darkness, concealment and double standards. In that gospel, the idea of Jesus being like the serpent lifted up in the desert is a difficult one to take in. This gospel makes reference to the bronze serpent in Moses' time. In the wilderness, people stopped trusting in God, and so poisonous snakes invaded the camp. God instructed Moses to fashion an image of a snake and raise it up on a standard. The people looked upon this terrible image and were cured. So in that sense, God uses the cause of our suffering to be the means of our salvation. Similarly, the image of Jesus on the cross, which is historically a picture of unspeakable horror, is something that all look upon and are saved. It picks up the image of the scapegoat, something or someone that is taken to represent all things we fear, loathe and are imprisoned by, and if these awful things can be distilled in one place or one person and then expelled, we are free. It's also a bit like the doctor's lance trying to treat someone with a topical infection. With a quick incision of the lancet, it draws the poison immediately to the surface to get rid of the effects of the poison that were lurking just under the surface. Let us reclaim the full power and meaning of the cross of Christ the astounding and confounding sign that God loved us so much that he took all that was dark in us and in the world, he took all that we threw at him and we threw everything we could at him by those who feared the light, and he stretched out his hands and suffered on the cross to put an end to the things of darkness once and for all. God gave absolutely everything and unconditionally gave to save us as a pure loving gift and grace not because we deserved it because quite the contrary we did not and not because we could earn it we never could the cross will always be a sign of God's astounding unconditional love and mercy at work in practice Jesus out of love took all that was awful about our human condition upon himself so that he might defeat it in his own body and in his own life. He was only ever loving and giving and without sin, but he took that burden upon himself to lift it from us, since we are incapable, quite incapable, of ever lifting that burden from ourselves. He gives us the path to freedom and salvation, all we have to do is respond in faith, humility and trust to Jesus' invitation. How we respond to Jesus is decisive. How people encountered Jesus was judgment enough. It didn't matter whether they said they loved God or didn't love God or observed God's law perfectly or not. When people actually met Jesus in his life and ministry, if they accepted him as the Lord of life, and responded to his values, they were accepting God, and so they were saved. If, however, 
when a person met Jesus and rejected him and his values, then that speaks for itself. That person was lying about loving God and keeping his commandments, for Jesus is God, and Jesus is the fulfilment of God's law. So by how they respond to Jesus, they bring judgment on themselves by their very response. God doesn't have to do a thing. The response speaks for itself. Let me end with another parable. One day a visitor to an art gallery was being taken on a guided tour through an old master's section of the gallery. These were some of the world's most famous and precious works of art in all history. At the end of this personal tour, the person being shown the artwork said to the tour leader, well, I'm not much fussed with your pictures. To which the tour leader replied, sir, the pictures are no longer on trial, but those who look at them are. And by this he was suggesting that when confronted with the true realities of something beautiful, how we react to them becomes our own judgment. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ his only Son our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Let us offer our prayers in the light of God's truth. For the Church that it may be the light for all people. Lord, hear us. For those who are blinded by hate or fear, that they may experience Christ's reconciling love. Lord, hear us. For artists, poets and musicians, that they may reflect true beauty to others by their work and draw us to praise God in his many works. Lord, hear us. For graces received, blessings received and mercies accepted. For graces, blessings and mercies received and prayers answered. We are grateful. Lord, hear us. For all who worship this day, that through our faith-filled lives we may reflect Christ's light and truth. Lord, hear us. For those who are ill and those who care for them, that the Lord will give them strength, healing and peace. Lord, hear us. For those who are facing death, that the Lord give them peace and welcome them into the eternal kingdom. Lord, hear us. 
for the deceased of our community, those who have died recently, those whose anniversaries occur at this time, that they may receive the gift of eternal life and light, especially those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us. God of light, we ask you to shed the light of your truth upon our lives so that your love may be renewed in our hearts. We ask you to hear these prayers which we make through Christ our Lord. Amen. We place before you with joy these offerings, which bring eternal remedy, O Lord, praying that we may both faithfully revere them and present them to you as is fitting for the salvation of all the world. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For by your gracious gift each year, your faithful await the sacred Paschal feasts with the joy of minds made pure, so that more eagerly intent on prayer and on the works of charity and participating in the mysteries by which they have been reborn, they may be led to the fullness of grace that you bestow on your sons and daughters. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as together without end we acclaim, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. At the Saviour's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Jerusalem is built as a city bonded as one together. It is there that the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord. Let us pray. O God, 
who enlighten everyone who comes into this world, illuminate our hearts, we pray, with the splendour of your grace, that we may always ponder what is worthy and pleasing to your majesty, and love you in all sincerity. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let's bow our heads and pray for God's blessing. Look upon those who call to you, O Lord, and sustain the weak. Give life by your unfailing light to those who walk in the shadow of death, and bring those rescued by your mercy from every evil to reach the highest good. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Lord, let your mercy be on us as we place our trust in you. Lord, let your mercy be on us as we place our trust in you.